welcome back to a daughter's dilemma podcast where we discuss relationships with mothers and daughters and their interaction with one another i am nephra the mother and i am redneath the daughter and today we're going to be discussing why children reject their parents religion or their faith um we have we're having this conversation because of my upbringing actually in a religious household and many americans both black and white grew up in some type of religious household some people didn't grow up in a household with absolutely no faith okay so if you grew up in a household with absolutely no faith no church no you know going to mass or anything like that then this probably is not the episode for you but we would like for you to tune in because maybe you are changing the dynamic in your household and you're becoming that parent that is now going to church and you're taking your children there no matter the religion now i myself i grew up pentecostal and you know i was in a single parent household and my mother took me to church seven days a week twice on sunday like you know you hear it all the time on how people had to do certain religious acts when they were coming up as children. And we find that a lot of times kids just reject their parents' faith. So you know what, Ronique? I found this one interesting because I never asked you about the faith that I brought you up in. And so I even told you our topic a little bit, and I told you to just really think about how you were raised in my house as far as religion or faith or all of that and of course i haven't got your answer yet so (laughs) y'all gonna experience this with me okay because i'm gonna be either shocked appalled or really really grateful i don't know that's why i asked (laughs) so for you just speak a little bit about your upbringing as it relates to religion or pretty much what you think about religion It's okay. My upbringing, um, I feel like there was a lot of religion. Of course, there was a lot of, um, I'm not going to say, you know, specifically Pentecostal or Baptist. I don't think we were raised, like, in one denomination. Isn't that the word? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, there was definitely a lot of Christian rhetoric that was around, that was used. Um, my grandma really wanted me to grow up to be a, a good Christian woman. That okay. Didn't smoke and didn't mark up my body and didn't tattoos. Right. Right. And uh, didn't whistle. Whistling was something else she didn't didn't approve. Wait a minute, whistling. Whistling. Yes, I forget. She used to say, "Oh, and I wish I could remember it." It's like there's some <laughs> phrase that she used to tell me all the time. It was like a whistling woman. And a something hen is sure to come to no good end. She would tell me that all Cackling the time. hen. There we go. Okay, yeah, because I've heard that phrase yeah, before. Yeah, a whistling woman and a cackling hen is sure to come to no good end. And what did, what, what did she say that meant? I just, she didn't. Oh, okay, she just yeah. gave it to you. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, I know that when I was a lot younger, I was definitely a lot more... Um, Spiritual, I feel. Okay. I feel like I 
have always had a strong spiritual connection with God already. Okay. Um, and so when my grandparents saw that when I was really little, you know, that they really tapped into that. They really did. They had me at church all the time. All the time. Church. People loved me. Uh-huh. I got baptized when I was four. And I knew... I knew that I had this relationship with this higher being, Mm -hmm. but I knew that whoever I had a relationship with and this God person that y'all were talking about, they weren't the same person in my head for a long time. Okay. Um, Now I understand that, or now I believe that no matter what religion you are, no matter what faith you are, if you believe in a higher power, we're all talking about the same thing. We're all talking about the same God, the same universe the same higher power i believe that it's all the same we just give it different names and different stories for comprehension purposes there you go i like it you know i grew up pentecostal Mm -hmm. church of god in christ okay and yeah there was a lot of dogma uh, attached to what we could and could not do we couldn't wear pants and we couldn't wear earrings and we couldn't wear makeup and we couldn't wear you know, we couldn't cut our hair and no showing your knees and no showing your elbows. And it was a lot of what I felt like we couldn't do. Yeah. No one ever told us what we could do. Yeah. Right? Like, we couldn't even go to the movies. Yeah. Like, keep them away from school parties and school dances. and school. So coming up as a kid, it was really a strict and sheltered, mm-hmm. okay, household. So I can definitely... Um, we're absolutely the opposite. I'm not going to, I was going to say I could definitely relate, but now that I'm thinking about what you have said, we're opposite, mm-hmm. right? Because I felt no God. Yeah. No, none when I was growing up. Like I felt almost cultish. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I didn't know how to describe it because I'm a kid, right? I just know this is so. I see these people every day, all the time. I'm having a problem with that, but right. you know, whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, and of course, you had to do the Easter poem. You had to be in the Christmas play, and then we had what we called a purity class, where we were taught how to. It was called purity class, and it was teaching you how to be pure, whatever that means. Okay. okay? Um, yeah. So, but because of my upbringing and how I was living, and many of you may not know this, I have a. Uh, told my story before on social media so if you're following me on my platforms you've heard this before um growing up i was i lived in poverty you know which i thank god you know nothing about okay but yeah i grew up in poverty and i felt like how could a god that is supposed to be a provider not provide for me so me growing up i felt no god i felt like we was just doing stuff like and that's because that's what it seems like for a long time. So for me, mm-hmm. I feel like I was, I feel like during my childhood, I feel like we were kind of in and out of church. Yeah. We went to church sometimes and we didn't go to church. I know if I was with my grandparents and we go to church, but when I was at home, it was sometimes it was kind of hit or miss. Yeah. And at a certain age when I got to be like, I want to say like probably like 12 to like 16, mm-hmm. it was just like, I feel like we were doing it because this is what we're supposed to do, but I didn't feel like there was like, a real purpose behind it. Yeah, because we ended up joining the church at that time. Mm-hmm. We were, I got licensed and ordained. Like, I, you're absolutely correct. I felt like that was the path I was supposed to take. Yeah. 
right? I was like, I think guess this is what I'm supposed to do, so I'm going to go ahead and do it and belong to a church. But as I got in it, in the inner circle, in the leadership, in the, I was like, what in the haberdasheries and hemoglobins, as Tony Baker would say, like, what is this? Like, you get to that level where you're hanging out with pastors and first ladies and there's still no God. Right. And I'm like, wow. And then you're like, what are we doing all this? Why are we doing exactly? That's how I felt. Yeah. That's how I felt. So I can definitely understand. I, I had to go through that period in order to find out that this was not for me. Right. And once I figured out it was not for me, I think it got better for us. Yeah. Right? Because we begin to have our own ideas. Yeah, we begin to have our own ideas and our own, um, not our own religion, but like our own, you know, Spirituality. Our yeah. own spiritual regimen, exactly. so to speak. Like, And one of those things that I think we got into once we got out of the church was our truth. You know, and when I started telling my truth and when I started being honest with myself, Mm -hmm. I was able to open up to you guys even more, you know, to really talk about who God was and who God wasn't. And to be honest, I feel like we're more spiritual now (laughs) than we ever have been because we found the true and living God. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like. I'm just, yeah, I guess growing up, your grandmother was very integral in your religious because, like I told you, I got pregnant at 19, had you at 20. I wasn't ready to have a baby. They were like, look, we got to and they did. Like, they had you. So the religious or the spiritual or the faith, that foundation, they laid, they laid that foundation. Absolutely. They were crucial in when they had you. I, it was nothing for me to walk in a room at your grandmother's home and she has you in her arms and she's literally praying over you. Mm-hmm. Like, I've witnessed that several times. So I'm always thankful and grateful to them for that because I wasn't even in a space to do that. Right. You know, but God, right? <laughs> and let me tell you something. I didn't belong to a church at that time. Right. Um, they were in and out. They were sporadic. You yeah, know, they were... They were yeah, they were going through a couple of different churches, so it was really like, what's happening here, you know? And even for them, they were really, they are the reasons I really understood what unconditional love of God is. Because they really wrapped their arms around me and really loved on me. Yeah. Like, they saw the need and was like, we got you. Yeah. But a part of of why I think that happened was because we're going to help you because we see you helping yourself. Yeah. Because I seen them give that exact same love to other people that I have witnessed them give that exact same love to other type of people. And they try to take advantage of it. Exactly. And that's, that's usually what happens. You, they have to see that you are willing to work for it yourself. And absolutely. You want to make something more. Of yourself. Absolutely. You and so, yeah, absolutely. And so, that's where I found unconditional love. I didn't know it at the time, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm still working through my BS and I got a baby and I don't really, you know, want to be responsible for this kid. And they're like, <laughs> we got it. And I'm like, cool, you know. So, but I am grateful for them for laying that foundation in you mm-hmm. 
because I then, as I'm trying to figure it out, because that's what was happening when I had you, I was just trying to figure it out, you know, trying to find that foundation because the church I grew up in, the one thing that I am grateful for is that they introduced me to God, yeah. right? Now, I didn't like the God they were serving, okay, I'm just saying, but they introduced that, they opened that door for me to explore my own spirituality. So I'm still grateful and thankful for everything I went through, you know, yeah. being in that church. And it made you who you are. Absolutely. But I can still say at this point that I have rejected my mother's faith. I just found it. I found, again, the true and living God. You know what I'm saying? The, the one that understands everything about me, yeah. you know, and I can tell the truth about myself and know that it will hurt, but I know it's for the better. You, you know, so come out on the other side. absolutely. And I'm not playing church on Wednesdays and Sundays and shouting and, and, and all of that. And just, no, do your dirt, right? You be that Wednesday, Saturday Christian. I call them kindergarten Christians, <laughs> you know, just, you never really getting healed and delivered from your past, yeah. you know, from things that are hurt you knowing that that can seep into your adulthood. So, Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I rejected. I think that's a big reason that a lot of people reject their parents' faith or their parents' religion because they go into a church setting or church-like setting, and that's a lot of what they get. I feel like a lot of what you get is somebody who's going to smile in your face and pretend like, you know, they love you and they care about you and, you know, we're here for you and blah, blah, blah. But then the second you walk out the church doors, it's a completely different story. It's a completely different story. Yeah. It's a completely so different story. The, the hypocrisy that comes along with that is the, the biggest reason that I found in my life and talking to other people and talking to the people close to me, that's what I find that they say about about their religion. That's what I experienced mm -hmm. when we were, again, when we were going to church in that period in my teenage years. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of what I felt. And that's kind of why I felt like it was just we were doing it because it was what we were supposed to do because, like, them people over there ain't doing what they supposed to do. They're not talk they're not living the life that they're preaching about. Come so. on now. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So I got an article. I found one. I did some research. I thought this was a very enlightening article. So shout out to this author. It is five reasons Christian parents lose their children. And I think this is just not for Christian parents, but I think this is for all parents because everyone doesn't grow up Christian. They, you know, most people can grow up, you know, Muslim, you know, they can grow up uh, uh, Jewish just they can grow up in Hinduism, or just all types of different religions out there. And this is from the website redletterchristians.org. Again, it's five reasons Christians Christian parents lose their children. It is by Yaholo Hoyt. It was actually published on May 20th, 2013. And we're going to talk about the five reasons, right? And we're going to start with number five. And you can kind of talk about this. I know I can definitely talk about this. And number five is the children believe they have nothing to offer the Christian community. So think about when you were in church. Did you think you had anything to offer? Honestly, no. But I was still, I was still doing stuff. I was still a part of the activities and the, you know, I was more doing it because I liked the people that I was with as I was doing it. So I was like, okay, I can okay. with cool people, so I guess it's fine. Um, but did I feel like I had a 
specific gift or a specific talent that could that I could add to the church? Yeah. No. And I'm going to say the same thing. And I think, and I'm, and you know, we're not in church now. Right. Uh, probably will never be. Uh, and that's, and again, that's not a dig on churches, guys. I don't want you to think that. So if you belong to a church and you love your church, that's wonderful and great. I love some transformation churches. Right, absolutely. Transformation, Michael Todd, shout out, right? Uh, but it is just because we know, and I have identified that my ministry and what I do is not, is not in the church. Okay, that structure or what God called me to do, my purpose, it's not in the church. And that's fine because we're all ministers, right? And we should be ministering wherever we go. But when I was younger, there was no, I also felt like I I didn't have anything to offer. It was always, you're wrong, you're going to hell, you're going to be in the pit of fire, all of the, right, you don't know what you're talking about, stay in the child's place, like, and there was nothing to embrace me or to actually hone a gift that God may have put in me. Now, I don't know if churches are doing this in the youth ministry now, but one of the most important things I think I would have gained better out of the church is if I was able to discover a little bit more of who I was, yeah. right? If they would have had programs to help you discover that. That would have definitely been, then you could feel like you have a sense of community in this church. But most of us, including you, including me, went to church because mama made us. Period. (laughs) Went to the, was in the, said our poem because mama made us. Go get your poem. Was in the Christmas play because mama made us. Yeah. Okay? We just going to keep it real. And if they explain the purpose, how does that affect me now? That wasn't a conversation that was had. Yeah. I feel like if that conversation, if that, right, if that conversation would have happened on how this can help benefit your life. Absolutely. And how this can help you, how this aids you, how this is beneficial towards you. Absolutely. I think it would be a lot more received, you know. I would Absolutely. Received Absolutely. Because it, you know, they always talk about, you know, Jesus is the Lord and personal Savior. Okay, how is that personal for me, though? Right. You know, what makes that personal? Like, right, what connects me to that? Right, absolutely, absolutely. And and when I talk about that, I'm talking identity. Mm-hmm. Because I understand Jesus is your Lord and personal Savior, but how can he be nephrous? Right. Like, what is it that nephra? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so that's a good one. Number four. The children are discouraged from finding answers to their questions. Now you, I've definitely heard you talk about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, again, back to that stay in a child's place. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on, and people aren't really giving you answers as nope. to why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're just doing it because that's what good Christian people do, and that's apparently who we are. And for me, I can remember, again, we had purity class, right? Mm-hmm. So I can remember uh, actually uh, asking why we couldn't wear pants Mm -hmm. and the lady running it okay says because the bible says we can't wear anything pertaining to a man so i said but they make women jeans (laughs) oh what i say that for oh my god oh what now i'm being insubordinate and disrespectful Mm. but that was a legitimate question because they make women jeans. So, so why? Wear it, why would they be making it? 
that's how I felt. And I was disrespectful, insubordinate. She told on me to my mama. It was a whole hot mess. Okay, just and we I never really got my ans my questions answered either. I would ask questions from time to time just to gauge if anybody's ready to tell me the truth about what's really going on here. <laughs> and I was dismissed every time. Yeah. You know, no one, I believe no one ever took me seriously. Yeah. And I think that's another thing, parents, that we tend to not take our kids seriously because they may ask what we think is a dumb question, but they really want to know. Because they don't know. What do they know about the world? Exactly. So it's up to parents to shape and mold that, you know, so hopefully you're having those conversations and you're answering those questions for your kids. But that was number four as to why kids step away from their parents' religion as they get older. Okay. Um, Number three, the children do not see the parents drawing any joy from their faith. Oh, my God. That was another thing for me, too. So when I was little. I can remember like watching all these people like jumping up and shouting and running around and crying and I'm like what's happening? Right. <laughs> like, who died? Like what is going on? And uh I feel like for a long time I didn't really I definitely didn't see it as anything to bring joy from. I didn't think that people got joy from it. Um I just thought that, you know, Again, it was just, it was what we do. It was just like, because this is what we're supposed to do. So even though it sucks, we're still going to do it. Absolutely. And I think that another thing that reinforced that there was no joy to be had. Or found. Found. Mm -hmm. There we go. Found in spirituality is that, again, like I said, you had people who were smiling in your face one moment. And then they are going behind your back and they're sleeping with the pastor and the deacon and, you know, the first lady. And it's, and it's like... Oh, my. If the correlation's you're, not there... Absolutely. If you're not doing the things that you're supposed to be doing, if you're not happy and joyous and, and, mm-hmm. and living your proper life and doing everything the Bible says, then how is it going to be different for me? Absolutely. And you know for a fact, all I did was get in trouble when yeah. I was in church. I just got in trouble, okay? I didn't get in God. I mean, I did get in God, but I just really feel like I got in trouble. I got in trouble, and I got a license and ordained. That's pretty much (laughs) it, right? You know the story and everything behind that. But the other thing is that they don't don't glean joy from, and I saw this from my mom, not getting joy from the faith, is you're you're one way at church, but you're another way behind closed doors at home. You know, and even for parents who are together, my mother was a single mom, so she was nice to everybody at church, mm-hmm. but cruel at home. Yeah. Like, I don't get that. Where is that woman that was just, oh, baby, I love you. You're so sweet. Oh, you're just so dear. And then so when then you get home. Like, that's what it looks like faith is. That's what it looks like. Yeah. It looks like you're praising this this contradictory person. And Lifestyle. Who, right, and that's who you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be prim and proper and dressed up and look nice when you're out, but when you're at home, you're mean and you're nasty and you're rude and you're ugly, but it's okay because God know my heart. Yeah. No. It's not okay. Mm-mm. It's not, and that's what I witnessed from my mom, and that's why I was really rejecting the Pentecostal because, let me tell you something, she was nice to everybody, and she was nice to me at times, mm-hmm. but at times she was very cruel. 
she said some very mean things, you know. So how can I serve a guy like that? Like, and I was thinking, I can remember one time she was fussing at me. I'm like, is she saved? Like, I, ain't she in church? Ain't she baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost? Like, where is this energy coming from? Like, if you just ask me and have a conversation, we can talk about it. But why you got to come out on a bag on me? Like, that's I can remember thinking that. One time she was fussing at me. I'm like, is it that serious? Like, Keep that same energy at the church. But no. It was nicety, nice, nice, nicety, nice, 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 nice. Hugging and kissing on everybody's and their little kids. And when we get home, it's a whole nother story. Right. I'm just saying, people, identify what's in your household. Number two, the parents seem to be afraid of the world instead of empowered to live in it. Ooh, now that's where the shelter comes in at. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that that, the parents being afraid of the world and afraid to let their kids see the world, I feel like that that is ultimately more damaging than anything. It is. A sheltered child is a target. Exactly. Yeah. So then they're sheltered about all of the things that are going on in the world because you want them to be... Focused on God. Right, focused (laughs) on God or good Christians or whatever. But if you show them how a good Christian navigates the bad things in the world, the uncomfortable things in the world, then that's only going to empower them to be like, okay, I can do this too. That's good. This is going to help me to be able to overcome, you know, wanting to... I don't know, have sex or do drugs. Right. Mark on my body or Right. And I didn't get that. No. And But here's the thing. My, I don't think my mom was afraid because she did give me a lot of anonymity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think she was tired. Yeah. A part of me really do believe my mom, I, that she was tired of being a mom. Mm-hmm. I think she lost her identity in it at some point. And so because I had so much movement to move as I got older, Mm -hmm. like once I was able to be home by myself, I was a latchkey kid for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Like I can remember being out all night and she's at work. She works an overnight shift or she begins to get multiple jobs where she's never home. Mm -hmm. So I'm spending the night on my boyfriend's house. I'm spending the night with my friends. Like, I can remember that freedom, yeah. right? So I think for her, it was not about sheltering me. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it was about empowering me. I think my upbringing was more about her, not just I'm done, yeah. I'm which tired. was shocking when she got pregnant again. Yeah. yeah. So, Yeah. <laughs> Did I seem afraid to introduce you to the world? No. Yeah. No. You didn't seem afraid to introduce me to the world. You were very upfront and very honest about it, about the things that could happen, about, you know, if I were to ask questions, you were very open and honest in that way. I think that my grandma was definitely a lot more uh, reserved mm, with it. Mm. But she would, she still, she didn't want to hide, she didn't want to hide things from me just not see it completely she would pick up on the fact that i saw certain certain things and that i knew that certain things were not okay right yeah yeah did she teach me how 
you know, to go to God to deal with those problems or how to reach out to God for help and, you know, how to talk to him about the things that I'm going through, you know, you do that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because one of the things that I think you remember this conversation, I told you I was never going to lie to you mm-hmm. and that I hurt you when I lie to you. And I'd rather you be educated by me than the streets. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember that conversation. I do. So I was like, you come to me for anything. I don't care what it is. You better come. Because, baby, I'm going to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Right? And I had made that commitment in myself a long time ago because all the adults in my life when I was growing up lied to me. Yeah. Every single one of them. I can't remember one adult that told me the truth. Ever. Like I'm try- I, I've been rattling my brain. Think that because they're kids, that you, they're gonna forget or something. But absolutely, absolutely. Did you forget? <laughs> I didn't. And what we don't understand is, our 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 childhood shapes our adulthood. Absolutely. It does, and if there's trauma there, there's trauma in the adulthood. Yeah. So yeah, I tried to empower you as much as possible. I wanted you to have all the facts. You came to me with a question. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. So this is what happens. And we just had this conversation. And you just like looking at me like, okay, mama. All right. Okay. Because I just wanted you. I did not want you to have the pitfalls I had in life. I really did not. So, yeah, I had to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to have that conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, guys, don't shelter your kids. It's not. And don't lie to them about it either. Because yeah. that's just, uh that's just a total disaster right there. But we are down to the number one reason. The kids step away from their parents' faith. And this one, we've talked about it. We have touched on it here and there. But the number one reason is falling into temptation of using religion to control their children through guilt and shame. God is not pleased with you. No. No. I feel like we've talked about that a lot. Yes, we have. But using it to guilt you. I remember I kissed a boy at church. Mm -hmm. My mother found out. Mm -hmm. I was a whore. God was not pleased. God was not pleased with you. How dare you? This is not how I raised you. This is not what this, in me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I got scriptures. That's what I got. I got scriptures. <laughs> but she didn't tell me that I had my period. So I had hormones that were now raging out of control. Yeah. She didn't tell me that. I ain't know nothing about that. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that conversation. It was simply, that you're going to end up pregnant. That's I got that one, too. You're going to end up pregnant. Instead of educating me about my body, I was scolded into guilt and shame. How many of us are using God told me to tell you? Ooh, I got that, too. God told me to tell you, you ain't living right. How many parents have told their kids, that God told me to tell you, you need to get your life right. No. God told me to tell you, no, God told me to tell you, no, God told, would you stop lying on God? Right, he didn't tell you none of that. <laughs> he didn't tell you any of that. And, and, and the, the big one that I grew up in the Pentecost, Jesus is watching all the time. Hmm. That is traumatic. Yeah. 
that I'm being watched. And I'm not being watched for the good. I'm being watched for the bad. Yes, we're watching to watch you fall. We're watching to watch you. You better, you better fight that temptation. Mm-hmm. Right? You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a keeper. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a keeper. It will keep you from temptation. That's not quite true, though. You know what I'm saying? People need to understand how the Holy Spirit works in its totality. Yeah, and it wasn't until I got grown that I found that out. Yeah. But yeah, they act like the Holy, the Holy Spirit was keeping them. They were sinless. Like, That's the portrayal when I'm growing up. I'm without sin. Yeah. And I know I'm like, they perfect and I'm not. That's how I felt. Imperfect. Yeah. Yeah. It, imperfect. It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. And when you really step back and you think about it, then you realize how it's a lot of contradiction, but I guess parents in the moment, you're getting screamed at, <laughs> you don't think about those contradictions. So, No, you don't think about those contradictions at all. But what I, ne- what I need parents to understand, and I caught this really, really quickly, uh, which is another reason why I don't lie to you or, or to your brother, is because as I'm getting older, mentally I am there. I'm not saying I'm crazy or I'm not saying I'm any of that. But you guys are quick on the draw mm-hmm. because of your youth mentally. Mm-hmm. I'm quick on the draw, but I may need to catch up. I may be one step behind. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. So why would I try to outsmart you when you're younger and youthful in your mentality, mm-hmm. in your body, physically. So, yeah, I'm not going to try to, <laughs> no. Because no. you and your brother tell jokes, it still be over my head. I'd be like, okay, I don't get it. Right. And then I'm one step behind like, oh, and it was like, oh, yeah, mom, that was like a minute ago. We right. was talking about that a minute ago. <laughs> so, again. Or we got to explain it, and it's not funny anymore. We got to explain it. We think kids are stupid. You know, I say all that to say that. Don't play your kid as stupid. They probably are smarter than you mm-hmm. in certain areas. Yeah. Yeah, you just got her before they did. But I can remember learning, and we talked, we had a, a podcast about that. What have you learned from your daughter? Um, and what have you learned from your mom? But you have to be open to learn from your kids because their perspective is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, yes, falling into temptation and then using religion to control them and shame them and guilt them into doing what you want to do, parents. You will lo- not only lose your children with, uh, from the faith that you brought them up with in, you will actually lose your child completely as an adult. Absolutely. I know a lot of people who are like that, who grew up in that strict religious household. Yep. Um, religion was something... Religion was what we did, and it was something good. Yep. But it's something that shames you for everything you did, and you should feel bad about everything that you did. Absolutely. So it really caused them to reject all of it, to reject the people who practiced all of that, to reject the church, to reject the word, to reject everything. And in my life, I never really felt like you ever shamed me for anything. Um, I know that when I started getting, like, piercings and tattoos, my grandma would tell me, you know, you a woman's not supposed to mark up her body. The Bible say that a woman not supposed to mark up her body. But I never felt like I felt shamed by religion or I felt like God was ashamed of me. Mm-hmm. And that was because I knew, 
I feel like that's because I knew of the love that God was. That's not his point to shame me. Like, why would you make me just to make me feel bad about myself? Because that's not love. Right. Yeah. Or guilty. Yeah. Yeah. You did something bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, a woman is not supposed to mark up her body talking about tattoos. Okay, yeah, why? Right. What? What does that what does that represent? Was it right? How is that affecting my spirit or my soul when this body goes into the ground and my spirit lives on somewhere else outside of the body? Because I'm not a body with a spirit. I'm a spirit with a body. Many people need to get that. And let me tell you something. I'm learning that myself. I'm a spirit with a body, and if I operate in the spirit, the body's gonna always be okay. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed us talking about the reasons uh, Christian parents lose their children or why the children or adult children, kids, step away from their parents' faith. Um, We did choose a Christian article because that's just something that we can relate to, guys. But think about other religions that are out there, especially being Catholic. You know, I know a lot of Catholic people, Baptist people, you know, absolutely some Jewish people out there. We can beat our kids over the head. Um, And for what reason? Right. Just for us to lose them in the end. It doesn't make sense. It's not what God is about. And I pray and hope that many of you, whoever hears this podcast, that you're really able to think about what you're doing to your kids. Mm -hmm. You know, because over time, even though we were in church, a lot of times I didn't make y'all go with me. Yeah. This is my choice. Mm -hmm. And I felt like my life should make you want to serve my God. Exactly. Yeah. And so we wanted to go to church. Absolutely. Absolutely. You going to church? And you was like, oh, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. Right. But as time went on and you got older and as your brother got older as well, both of you all were like, yeah, mama, pray for me because I got to do this and do that. Because I introduced you to a God that's not beating you over the head or mad at you. Right. So you were welcome. And then you saw how God was opening doors and making ways in my life. Yeah. Right? Okay. Again, living in my truth, telling you guys the truth. This is what happened. And then you like, wow. And I know you was looking like, yeah, I guess that is God, ain't it? That That's a new one right there, Ma, all right? So think about that, guys. Think about parents. I need you to think about the life that you're living and how you're representing the God that you want them to serve. Yeah. You want them to be a certain way, but are you doing it? A lot of parents do the do as I say and not as I do, but we're teaching our kids daily as we're living with them. Monkey see, monkey do. Absolutely, absolutely. So listen up, guys. We want to thank you for joining this podcast. I hope you guys got some good information about it. Send us your story. Send us, engage with us. Send, leave a comment. Uh, share the podcast. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at A Daughter's Dilemma. And you can also email us your stories or email us your questions, advice, or whatever it is that you want to do at a daughter's dilemma at gmail.com. Now, also, if you want to follow us individually, we are on Instagram individually as well. My Instagram name is at Nephromore Presents. I just recently got on TikTok. So TikTok that at Nephromore Presents as well. And then, of course, on Facebook, I'm simply just Nephromore. And TikTok. 
and TikTok. Yes, you I are on TikTok, TikTok now. I think my TikTok <laughs> is the same name, but I'm not. Well, I recently got on Clubhouse. Yes. So I'm trying to figure out that and navigate that because I think that's an awesome platform as well yes, for people that. to come together and have actually a discussion about things. So we're definitely going to... Uh, I can yeah, yeah. There are some very interesting conversations happening yeah. on Clubhouse. So make sure you join us there. Still, it's never more on Clubhouse as well. Until next time, guys. Again, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. We'll be back again next week with another one. And until then, I'm Nefra, the mother. And I'm Rodney, the daughter. And remember that every woman is someone's daughter. And every daughter can be an excellent mother. Bye. Oh